All right, we got a few questions to ask. Why is Jose Suarez improving? There's some metrics to share on him. Who is like Joey Votto on the Halos? We've got some names. And who are we watching this weekend? It rhymes with Bogan Bohapi. Let's get into it. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can give us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hey, we appreciate you joining us on this Friday edition of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every single day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Well, we are heading into our last weekend series of the year. It's crazy to think that the regular season is coming to an end, Mike, but here we are with just a few games left this year, and we're heading into a weekend where we take on the Texas Rangers, and we're going to spend a lot of time reflecting on 2022, especially during the offseason. Uh, for the Angels, that is. I know the postseason is on its way, but for the end of the regular season for the Halos, we want to spend some time reflecting on some of the positives, and of course, we'll focus on some other things as well. But one of the things that we want to start by focusing on is the improvement from Jose Suarez on the mound. Let's talk about a few ways that he's improved. So as the season has progressed, there's actually a remarkable difference in his pitching, in his pitch usage. Yeah. And 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 so there's a there's some stats we want to share with the listeners of Locked On Angels. So let's talk about his pitch usage during his first 11 appearances. You want to hit us with those stats? All right. So when he started pitching this season, had 11 appearances, here's what he threw uh, most predominantly. He threw his fastball 42%. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would back that fastball up with a changeup at 27%. Mm-hmm. Then he would use his curve at 20%. And then he would have a slide piece at 9%. Wow. And his stats in his first 11 appearances, 45 innings pitched, a 5-6-0 ERA, Oof. 45 strikeouts, and then this is the key right here, Johnny, 22 walks. How many mm. times did we watch him pitch early this season and go, oh, man, <laughs> right? Like, and if you're listening, <laughs> I, not watching, listening, I have my hands over my face right? because that's how it was with Suarez. We're like, man, where'd the, where did the guy go that we saw last year that was so good? Where did, yeah. that guy, where did that guy go? Well, come to find out, Johnny, he showed up in his 12th appearance. And so why don't you share the numbers of his last 10 starts? Yeah, over his last 10 starts this season, he actually upped the fastball usage by a tick. It went from 42.2 to 43.8. But here is the key, Mike, the slider usage, 27.1, nearly three times as much as he was using it before at 9.9. The curveball usage went down from 20.6% to just 7.4%. And wow. then the changeup usage also went down to 21.6. And listen to this. In 57 innings pitched, over 10 appearances, he has a 2.84 ERA, 52 strikeouts, and 11 walks. He cuts just those walks 11. Wow. in half 
in more innings pitched, he cut those walks in half. Now, a couple things that we noticed, obviously, more fastballs, but the key here is that slider, that lefty slider that he's employed much more. In fact, he even worked on a new grip as recently as his last start that he was trying out, and it seems to have paid off because if you look at how many more strikeouts, seven more over the first 11 appearances in his last 10 starts, and then less curve and change, that probably helps with the walk issues and where he's able to put those. And so here's what we learned from these quick numbers. Jose Suarez is somebody who's willing to learn. He's still very young. In fact, when he came up, he was one of the youngest members of the staff, and he's got a lot of years ahead of him, a lot of age ahead of him, and a lot of career ahead of him. Gosh, when he first came up, I, I was like, who is this guy? Get rid of him. Sure. We don't need him. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and man, has he just really broken out, especially going back to last season. He, he made some really impressive appearances last season. And then this year, we've been able to rely on him as a decent starter. I said very early on that Jose Suarez was the perfect number six in okay. this rotation. You did. I remember. Now that he's made these improvements... He's to me, he's a four or five yeah. in, in, in any rotation. He's not yeah. the bottom of the barrel anymore. I think that he is better than a sixth man in this rotation. So I appreciated the ways that he has been willing to learn. He's been willing to learn new ways to pitch again with that slider grip. He got sent down to AAA to work on some things and then he came back up and he's looked really good since coming back up. We also get to see Suarez willing to adjust. Now mm-hmm. you mentioned the, the new grip on the slider. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do, yeah. right? Throwing, pitching in the major leagues, pitching in the minor leagues, pitching in little league is hard to do. And then having to learn how to grip the ball differently and then blisters, right, Johnny? Like you, you can feel it on the sides of your Not hands because, right? You're, you're throwing it in a new way and you're hitting skin that you've never actually pushed against the baseball before. Yeah. And so he's willing to go through all of that because he's willing to adjust and you can see that he did have better control in his last 10 appearances based upon how he's gripped the ball and what he's throwing more of versus what he's not throwing and you've seen him really control that slide piece versus the curveball or the change now you've compared him looks wise to Bartolo Colon but (laughs) you know he reminds me of he reminds me of when Irvin Santana first came up remember Irvin was a bit inconsistent and then suddenly it was like who is this guy throwing a no hitter and looking dominant and winning 15 16 games Suarez has that that sense in my mind like Hmm. reminds me of somebody who came up really really young and he needed some experience and that experience is only going to help him moving forward and so far he's shown the ability to uh to adjust and he's shown the ability to willing being willing to learn and then john there's a third point that you're going to make he's he's ready in our opinion to be a consistent starter for the halos yeah even more so than coming into 2022 he is somebody that i think that we need to count on in this rotation i think that there are a lot of lefty pitchers. I really like how we've used Jaime Berea this season in that he's made a couple of spot starts. I think he's just made one spot start. But coming out of the bullpen and being the long relief to get us f- through a few innings. Yeah. One thing that I would appreciate seeing from Jose Suarez is picking up the pace, Mike. Yes. Picking up the pace between yes. pitches. We're going to have the pitch clock next season. 
So I think that he's going to have to do that. Otherwise, he's going to be penalized the ball every time he violates the clock. So you know these coaches are going to be working really hard with all the starters on picking up the pace and being consistent between pitches. And really, that's when Suarez is at his best. Yeah, I was better when he's not taking tons of time between pitches. I was just going to say that. I was going to affirm that because you've seen him when he gets the ball and he throws it, gets the ball and he throws it. He's very consistent. And he's been doing that in his last 10 appearances. I think that's another reason why the walks are down. And so I don't think this is going to be a detriment to him at all. In fact, I think it's going to be beneficial to this young angel rotation that they're forced to keep a rhythm instead of walking around and getting frustrated like Patrick Sandoval might do. I think for Sandoval, Detmers, and Suarez, this is only going to be awesome for them to be consistent, to be around the zone, and to know that they can't think about it for too long because they got to throw the next pitch to try to get the guy, the guy out. Did you ever have a teacher in high school or perhaps middle school that you really wanted to impress? Did you have somebody who was kind of hard-nosed? Oh, yeah. To, yep. To, to, <laughs> My Spanish teacher, Miss McDonald. Yep. <laughs> I remember her. I feel like for Phil Nevin to treat Jose Suarez the way that he has this season including Nevin's very first game as interim manager, where he walked out and asked Suarez, you want to keep going? What do you say? And he let Suarez get out of that inning. We've seen that, I think, at least two more times since Phil Nevin has taken over. I think once more with Suarez and another time perhaps with Sandoval or there was somebody else that he did the same thing with. Somebody like Phil Nevin giving you the go-ahead to get out of an inning and finish up, what a confidence boost. Yeah, for sure. What a... What a way to instill confidence and and just good feelings in your pitcher to know that, like, dang, Phil thinks I can do this? Like, yeah. Phil wants me to get out of this? Yeah. I'm not going to let him down. And I think that hard-nosed Phil Nevin attitude has been beneficial to a lot of our young players this season. And I know the circumstances that got Phil to managing this team were unfortunate because we had to let go of Joe Madden. But I think he's really stepped up and ran with it. And even though we didn't have a successful season offensively, I think that Phil Nevin has been a good inspiration for these young starters. Coming up on Locked On Angels, who is Joey Votto? On the Angels. We'll explain what we mean by that question, but first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all the latest football league developments, great matchups, news, and podcasts at BetOnline. And they're your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, e-sports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events is BetOnline. And they've got information on the MLB, MMA, boxing, and even golf. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the transactions. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And you've heard me talk about it before, but we have the 2022 player survey happening right now. We want to get our fans of Locked On Angels in on helping us structure and create a future episode of Locked On Angels. So we're asking you to grade each member of the Angels 2022 roster one to five, share some comments, three words or less on how you think their season went. We are looking forward to hearing from you in that regard, and we'll share the results on a future episode 
of Locked On Angels once the regular season comes to an end. John, Joey Votto is out for the rest of the season, plays for the Cincinnati yeah. Reds, and our buddy yeah. Jeff Carr from Locked On Reds is very, very sad about that because he mm-hmm. loves Joey mm-hmm. Votto. But something interesting happened. He was seen and then videoed walking around the stadium, hanging out with fans, yeah. eating with fans, high-fiving fans, hugging fans, taking photos with fans, and the Reds fans were like, he gets it. He's awesome. Yeah. Like, here he is, not able to play, but Joey's walking around saying hi to people. And at, when I went, when I saw that, I went, well, yeah, why not? Like, right, you know, he's yeah. just sitting on the bench, and why not, right? He, he didn't necessarily have to be there. He's rehabbing. But how great was it that he actually chose to be there and hang out with the fans to say thank you to them? And so it got us thinking about the Halos and who is like Joey Votto on the Halos? Who... Who would do something like this? Who understands the importance of the fan-player connection, Johnny? So if if we had to pick a player who understands the connection with the fans, man, I go back to Jared Walsh and watching him and Brandon Marsh go to that elementary school mm. earlier this season yep. and spend time with the kiddos. And I know Griffin Canning was there and Taylor Ward was there, but man, Marsh and Walsh went together and had they were part of a little assembly and Jared Walsh was the star of the show he was doing Fortnite dances with the kids <laughs> and he was it. making jokes he understood the kids references and things like that to me Jared Walsh has a really great connection with the fans and i bet you the more that he sticks around the angels that we're going to begin to fall in love with this guy a whole lot more and even when he did commentary a couple of games ago was that was hilarious yep. and he was great he was. and and uh i think it was ren hifo hit a home run and and he was like how about that guy how about this guy's season huh <laughs> yeah. like he's just so supportive up the boys. of his teammates <laughs> totally totally and so yeah i know there's only a few games left but i could easily see jared walsh being the kind of player that joey vato's been yeah. and understanding the value of fan connection but i think it goes without saying that Mike Trout certainly yep. understands the fan connection before and after every game, signing autographs. Yeah. In fact, when that silly story came up where he's trying to leave his hotel and that guy had his kids planted outside of the hotel yeah. and and tried to make Trout look bad and whatnot, that's his private time. That's his time. And obviously he was in a rush. I'm sure he's trying to get to the airport or something. Yeah. But you don't you don't hound people outside their homes and you don't hound people outside their hotels. And you don't plant your kids to try and autograph Hawk, especially as a grown man trying to get an autograph that you're just going to sell on eBay later. Right. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And one thing that was good that came out of that situation was all of the videos that got posted about Mike Trout and the things that he's done for the kiddos, the things that he's done for the fans. Man, there was even a video where he's on his way out of the stadium in his car. He rolled down the window and he's signing autographs for the kiddos. So if if anybody understands the player connection, especially with the Halos, it's Mike Trout. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, let me talk about Mike Trout for just a minute because what I loved yeah. about what happened when that video was posted was that fans of every team, but specifically the Halos, they were like, 
nah, bro, hold on one second, right? They yeah. knew what was Even happening, rivals. right? <laughs> yeah, they knew what was happening in that moment, but then they also know what Mike Trout has done because he's always signing autographs and he's always interacting with the fans. Even at away games. Yes, and what I like about Trout is that he isn't arrogant about it. Like, he understands what a gift it is to be able to play, to be as good as he is, and mm-hmm. he's never come across as like, I'm annoyed by it, I'm bored by it. Even when he walked by those kids, you could see it in his face where he was like, oh, dang, I can't I can't do this. I can't stop, right? And so mm-hmm. uh, that's what I loved about all the Major League Baseball fans came to his defense because he is a good guy in this game and he's yeah. got great character and great integrity. I think that Shohei Otani really mm. understands the connection with the fans. And you can see him in the way that he is interacting with players on the field, but then also the way that he hits a foul ball and making sure that fans are like not hurt and out, <laughs> Watch out. right? And then him, he's really been available to sign autographs as well. And they don't mention this too often, but he is working hard to learn the English language so that he can interact mm-hmm. with the fans and talk with them. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't always have to have his interpreter with him and, and good on him, man. Like he is really totally. stepping up and being somebody that understands like, that's who makes this thing move forward. And so we have two really great guys on our team that understand the fan connection. Three, if you include Jared Walsh. And I've appreciated Jared Walsh when he has been on the mic and when he's gone and served in the community. And so I think those three guys are great examples. But I would put Mike Trout at the top of that list just simply because he's always giving time to the fans. He's always giving time to the media. And as much as we've kind of ragged him on when things were really heavy, and he goes, Oh, it's tough, right? Like that's probably the best answer because he's not going to get into the drama or the gossip or the issue. That's his mode 24 seven. Oh, absolutely. That's tough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. You know, I mean, yeah, we go out there every day. (laughs) We don't want that to happen. We want him to be here, but it's tough. You know, it's a business got to make decisions. It's an organization. This is what happens. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I always appreciate about Jared Walsh, whenever he has a post game interview, on the field after a big win or something like that. seems like he always takes the moment to say thank you yes. to the fans. Yeah. And he's like, thanks for supporting us. Thanks for coming out. Yada, 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 that sort of thing. Yeah. I always thought that that was really cool as well. Could so. I make one more point? I, uh, Louis Renifo. I've really been impressed oh, by him. Yes. Because you can tell that he is not comfortable with the English language. And yet he's I doing know. all of his interviews in totally. the English language. There was an interview he did a few months back. And you could tell he wasn't quite understanding what they were asking of him. But you yeah. could see, like, he was, he was giving his whole heart to that. He's like, I think you said he something was. about defense, so I'm going to talk about defense. And he doesn't have to no. give it in English no. either because we have a translator. But Renhifo is putting in the effort to do these interviews, and that's just really cool to see. Yeah. One more thing is I think just speaking on behalf of Angel fans, like, our fans are dedicated. Our fans get it. I love that they stepped up to the plate to defend Mike Trout. Yeah, And same. even though we have been through such difficult seasons these last 10 years, uh, man, we are just really dedicated, and we love our team, we love our players, and no matter what happens, it seems like Angel fans are there to support the players. I know that the front office and ownership has been very frustrating, particularly ownership, but we have never we're, – we're able to split that hair of – we love Mike Trout. We love Shohei. We love Jared Walsh. Yeah, all those guys. But we can still express our frustration with things that are happening within the organization 
but but I don't feel like the players ever feel like our love for them is lacking. Players, Johnny, it's the last weekend of the season, like you mentioned, and we always yeah. like to, for the weekends, we like to pick a player that we're going to watch, but you and I have decided that there's just one player that we want to watch this weekend, and that's Logan Ohapi. We want to see mm-hmm. how he does, and I think that there are four, four, maybe three categories that we're looking at, and so I'll start with the first. I want to see how he's going to handle the bat, because mm. when he was in A and he got moved to the Trash Pandas... The dude looked like Shohei Otani. The dude looked like Babe yeah. Ruth, right? He looked like Aaron Judge. Crushing like the it. guy was going off. He had a, uh, I think it was a, an eleven OPS. Like, I mean, it 1. was 1.147. I have it memorized. There you go. I mean, that was <laughs> unbelievable that he was able to yeah. do that and come up. And so that is exciting to see. I want to see how he handles the bat because we haven't had a really great offensive catcher. Since Benji Molina, I know that we could probably throw Mike Napoli in there. Chris Iannetta handled the bat pretty well. But Benji was the guy that I, I really appreciated because he could hit 290 and then he could mm-hmm. throw out over 40% of runners. Like, And he handled mm-hmm. the pitching staff really, really well. He's a Molina, baby. And all those Molinas are just gifted, right? And so I want to see, I'm going to watch this weekend how Logan Ohapi is going to handle the bat, how he's going to handle Major League Pitching, and and to see how comfortable he can get, how quickly he can get adjusted to Major League Pitching and to Major League Hitting. Yeah, this Texas series is interesting to me because I'm interested to see how much they give Lo- uh, Logan Ohapi an opportunity because I know we're carrying Matt Thice, we're carrying Max Stassi, we're carrying Kurt Suzuki. Yeah. Zook's going to get his send-off in Oakland, so I expect that we'll see more of Stassi and Ohapi behind the plate. Maybe one, it, it, maybe sat, maybe that Saturday to Sunday, uh, we'll see one or the other behind the plate just because that's a quick turnaround for a catcher to catch on Saturday night and then do it again on Sunday afternoon. So hopefully we see him tonight, and hopefully we see him either Saturday or Sunday. And I'm interested to see how he takes care of the pitching staff, yes. Mike. I really want to know how Logan Ohapi is going to call pitches, how he's going to handle the staff. Is he going to know when to take a walk out to the mound? Is he going to know how to communicate well? And that's a whole different element to the game. Is he going to be able to frame well and yeah. and gets, steal some strikes for his pitchers? It's really going to be interesting to see him behind the plate because he's such a dynamic player at the plate in terms of offense. Yeah. So, yeah, the whole defensive side of the game is something I'm really looking forward to watching and how he's going to handle the pitching staff. I'm going to watch how he's going to handle base runners. And I know that the Rangers don't yes. necessarily run all the time, but there's been some mixed information about his pop time. So like when he catches the ball and then hops up and throws it down to second. And mm-hmm. so I want to see that happen. So Rangers, please run this weekend because we'd love to see what Ohapi has. Adolis Garcia, arm. he's going to be, he's gonna be <laughs> yeah. on the move. You know that much. Yeah. And his pop time, by all accounts, seems to be like way up there good, in terms good. of getting up and throwing guys out. I mean, there were some examples of it while he was in double A. And before the camera could even flip to second base, the ball was like already there, you know, because he got up and threw so fast. So I'm really interested to see how fast and how quickly he can throw runners out and maybe even 
stopping a runner from getting to third base. Yes. That's really difficult, and I would yep. love to see that. Maybe even a back pick, Mike, at first base if somebody's... Who are those? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen those, right? Have we seen one all season? I'm not even sure. I don't sure. know if we have. Yeah. But, man, it would be really great to see Logan Ohapi do, like, one of those things. At the very least, throw somebody out. Below that, a pickoff at third, and maybe even a, a back pick at first base. I'll, yeah. I'm really excited to see what Ohapi can do behind the dish. We're watching how he handles the bat. We're mm-hmm. watching how he handles this pitching staff, and we're mm-hmm. watching how he manages base runners. If there's other things that you're going to be watching, man, comment below or tweet at us or send us a message on Instagram because we would love to talk about that. But those are the three main things that we're watching this weekend because we're really rooting for Logan Ohapi. I think that we have a really great player on our hands, and isn't it exciting? I mean, we talked about Zach Neto earlier this week. Yeah. We talked about Levon Soto. I mean, gosh, this is... This is really exciting to have guys like this that are coming up and and the potential of them really being great superstars for us just brings a whole lot of joy to my heart, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a fun feeling when somebody comes up from the minors and they hit the ground running. And that's what we would love to see out of Ohapi this weekend, especially against a team like Texas where you can probably take advantage and, and hit them well, play some good defense. And, you know, they're in a struggling position just like we are. So this really could be a great weekend for Ohapi. And we've got a few games left this weekend and heading into next week, heading up to Oakland. So let's get as much Ohapi time as possible. Well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast with Paul Francis Sullivan. He brings his perspective on every team and shares some of the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, give us a follow at Lockdown Angels on Twitter to stay connected with us. And of course, at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram so you can reach out to us. Because over the weekend, we're going to put out the question, Mike, what are we doing on Monday? Because it's our final regular season mailbag Monday. And we would love to hear what your thoughts are. Tell us what you think about Logan Ohapi, what you've come to see so far mm-hmm. and, and maybe even leave on soda we would love to hear your thoughts on some of the new players coming up plus if you have any questions you have anything that you would love for us to talk about together monday is a really fun day for us so tweet at us send us a message or you can call us 714-409-6396 leave a voicemail we'd love to hear from you absolutely and that voicemail line will be in the episode description below as well as our player survey for 2022 don't forget to take that while you're at it and until monday we'll see you again my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john that's gonna do it for this edition of locked on angels have yourself a great weekend and we'll see you on monday 